to this episode of the Palmetto Guardian. I'm Sergeant Chelsea Weaver. And I'm PFC Anna Grace Cato. And today we have a very special guest with us. Um, We haven't done one of these in a very long time, so if you're tuning in, um, welcome back. And we're just going to go right into it. So I'm going to have our guest introduce himself, and then we're going to get right into the episode. Well, thank you for having me today. I am your State Command Sergeant Major, Sir Richard Kaiser. Been in the position just shy of two years now. And really looking forward to the next uh, year or two ahead of me. Awesome. That's crazy, like, how fast time flies by. Like, it doesn't seem like it's already been two years. I know. It's gone by very quick. And <laughs> we've had a very busy year and a half, two years. Uh, we're just getting through the, the COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had a lot of units mobilizing. Uh, we've sent units to Germany. Uh, we've had units rotating in and out of the NCR and We've got a bunch of deployments coming up. So as a Army National Guard, we've been extremely busy. Mm -hmm. So before we kind of move forward, since you mentioned those things, Mm -hmm. is there um, a training exercise or an event or something or maybe a handful this year that you've partaked in that have kind of been like really something that stuck out to you that you would like to maybe talk about and mention? Well, one of the things that I truly enjoyed this past year is being able to go up to Fort Drum and witness the uh, warfighter exercise that the 218th MEB uh, conducted with the 10th Mountain Division. Uh, While we were there, we got to see the joint planning process. Uh, Our soldiers really excelled at working with an active duty unit at the theater level, and it was impressive to watch. And then along uh, the opportunity being up there, both myself and Brigadier General Jenkins got the opportunity to see the 218th do their first brigade NCO induction ceremony. So not only did we get to see an exercise and the value that our National Guard soldiers got to do, but we also got to see our traditions and our ceremonies being exercised and really recognizing the E-4s that were converting into the NCO Corps. So that was really cool. Awesome. So um, is there anything that is coming up for the new year that you think is going to be fun and exciting? So we definitely have got the Best Warrior Competition coming up. The State Best Warrior Competition will be 6 through 10 February, and we're inviting all the MSC, uh, NCO, and Soldiers of the Year to compete and this year, something we're reestablishing is having the GAFB, the German Armed Forces Proficiency Badge, incorporated into the competition. We had done this previously, but due to COVID, we really had to put that on hold. Uh, but now that the COVID restrictions have freed us up, we've invited the German Armed Forces Command to come down and participate with us. Uh, and we're really looking forward to that. So as part of the competition, we'll also do the German weapons qualification, and that's the Schutzenschneer. Uh, I'm probably mispronouncing that, <laughs> uh, but it's their weapons qualification badge. So we're going to have a really robust uh, state best warrior competition coming up. And we've also uh, reached out to our Air National Guard uh, uh, members, our Air National Guard members. We've invited them to include a team. So we're really looking forward to seeing the competition from their perspective. Awesome. Well, so we're talking about the past, we're talking about the future, but now mm-hmm. in the present, we're in the holiday season. So yep. there's a lot going on, um, different activities and people taking time off and stuff. So I know you want to kind of touch basis on that. Um, 
with the holidays coming up. So on behalf of General McCarty and General Jones, and especially as a command team from the Land Component Commander, General Jenkins, definitely want to wish everybody a happy holidays. And uh, happy uh, the holiday season, it, it can be stressful for some. So as we're out and we're taking our time with our friends and our families, I would ask that our soldiers take this opportunity to reset and strengthen those relationships and check on a battle buddy. There is somebody out there that's probably going through a stressful time, so I would ask that each one of us, including myself, reach out to somebody, make sure they're doing okay, and wish them a happy holidays. Absolutely. I'm glad that you brought that up because um, the, the holidays are a big time for mental health awareness, I mean, throughout the whole month, but it does get a little bit harder for some people and families this time of year. So it's definitely important to continue to reach out and to check on your battle buddies and everybody within your unit or outside of the military even just to make sure that everybody's okay because this can be, it's a fun and exciting time of year, but it can also be a tough time for some. So Well, and that includes our retirees. They're Mm -hmm. a great supporter of what we do. So If we know that one of our retirees is struggling, we definitely want to reach out and make sure they're okay. Absolutely. That and, you know, that kind of dovetails into some of the messaging I have been very strong about. And one of those is suicide prevention. And along with that, Sharp and EO with treating everybody with dignity and respect. And then keeping yourself mentally and physically tough. So H2F, the holistic health. Uh, I definitely want uh, our soldiers to go out there and enjoy the time and eat the turkey and (laughs) maybe get an extra slice of ham. But at the end of the day, we want us to have everybody return back on January and be ready to hit the ground running. And that includes making sure that you maintain yourself as far as the ACFT. So Army standards is not going away, but we (laughs) definitely want to take advantage of our holiday season for friends and family. Absolutely. Um, So Sergeant Major, we've talked about all different things within the Guard, but with the future and all these changes that we're going through and things like that, um, what are things that soldiers or service members can look forward to or be on the lookout for in the near future? So right now the environment that we're in, uh, recruiting is a little bit more difficult. The younger generation, uh, the the young men and women that would come into the military, if you look at the physical standards, it's uh, come harder. The amount, the percentage of population that is eligible to lift their right hand and swear in is becoming smaller. And of that population that is eligible, then the propensity to serve, those willing to put on our nation's cloth, uh, even that number is smaller. So, What does that mean for us as a National Guard is that retention is more important than it's ever been. And then what can we do as individual soldiers within the Army National Guard? Well, at this point, every soldier is a recruiter. So getting out in your local communities and telling your Guard story, what the Guard has done for you, what the Guard has to offer, is probably more important than it's ever been. So... Some of the ways that we as a command team, that's General Jenkins and myself, are getting after that is our roadshow. We'll be going around the state and visiting with units, but specifically the first-term soldiers, those soldiers that have signed up for the very first six years. We want to have a conversation with these soldiers and 
if they're already at the decision process where they've already decided that they're going to stay or if they're going to leave the Army National Guard, we want to know why. But what were some of the issues or concerns that helped form your decision? And then do you have all the facts? Are you aware of all the benefits of belonging that the Army National Guard has to offer? So that would be the insurance, the medical and life insurance. That would be the uh, skills training that you get for your MOS. That would be the leadership development that you get. But then there's the intangibles, the, the networking, the opportunity to build lifelong friendships with people within the Guard. Uh, I don't know if we always talk about that, but it is absolutely part of it. And the esprit de corps that we have within our units, uh, that's important too. So if a soldier in their first term is deciding that the Army is not right for them and they've gone through their whole tour, uh, thank you for your service. We really do appreciate that you raised your right hand and you met your obligation. Uh, but we just want to make sure that you understand what we can offer you so that you will stay with us. So recruiting and retention for this next coming year is going to be incredibly important. Yeah. Now, I know that you guys have kind of gone out to some of the units so mm -hmm. far. Has there been a common determining factor that we're having issues with retention or is it kind of like a mixture of multiple things? I would say at this point, and we've only done these with a couple of units, so there's still more data to get. Mm -hmm. um, but what I see is some of the younger soldiers in their first term had very, very specific goals. So if your goal was to get your education paid for and that's all you want to get out of the military and you've met that, then when you get your towards the end of your six years, it might be easy for you to say, I've done my time, thank you, I appreciate it, but I'm going to take my career elsewhere. And for those soldiers, we, we understand that, we respect that. Like I said previously, you raised your right hand, you fulfilled your obligation, you did what we asked you to do, and it benefited you individually. So once again, thank you for your service. Uh, there is a big group that's in the middle that's undecided. So with that big group that's in the middle, we definitely want to know what are you thinking about, what's important to you, what's important to your family, and what thought process are you going through to get to your decision. So those are the conversations we really want to talk about, career advancement, different MOSs, maybe a different unit. Um, definitely want to talk about the insurance as it impacts your family. You go into the civilian market, you might have to pay out of pocket for your own insurance, and that might run you $1,000, $1,600. And TRICARE Reserve Select is a great benefit, and we're offering that at like $250. So the savings to the soldier and their family, that's sizable. Mm -hmm. And we're currently working with leaders up at National Guard Bureau, and they're trying to advocate for the individual soldier that your medical insurance is covered. You would still have a co-payment for your family members, but to have that burden taken off you, and especially our single soldiers, where no money comes out of your pocket for medical insurance, that's pretty important. And if you're playing the long game of what you can get out of a career with the Army National Guard, these are some important facts that you should know while you're making your decision. And then for the soldiers that have said, absolutely, I'm staying, we definitely want to hear from them as well. What did you think about? What was important to you? What helped make that decision for you? 
And we've touched on some of those things, but the untangibles, the, the career networking, uh, that shouldn't be understated either. Uh, the network of good people in the Army National Guard, we look out for each other like a family. So in a business setting, in a personal setting, there is absolute value in networking within the Army National Guard. Absolutely. I'm glad that you brought all those points up because, like you said, a lot of people will enlist for one thing and they might have tunnel vision and they do their time. They're like, I'm ready to go. But some people still to this day, like, I mean, I was in six or seven years and I'm still, I'm almost at 12 years and I'm still learning stuff that I didn't know. And I'm full time. So like, if I don't know those things, like, I can't imagine a normal M-Day soldier at their unit level. Like they clearly aren't get like they don't know all the information as well. So I'm glad that you uh, brought those points up because it is important to know what the guard has to offer. And it's not for everybody. Some people enlist and they realize it's not for them, but at least they gave it a shot. But for those who are right. on the fence, at least they can have a discussion with you or General Jenkins or somebody else um, to get that information. That's right. And it, it does not have to come from General Jenkins or myself. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of great leaders out there that are doing the same. So we just encourage those to have those discussions with your soldiers. Definitely figure out what's important to them and then figure out how to close the gap with those soldiers. And for a question for you, uh, Staff Sergeant Weaver, I mean, you're, you said you're at 12 years now, so mm-hmm. think back to when you had this sense of accomplishment at the end of basic training in AIT. Do you remember that for yourself? Uh, vaguely. Because <laughs> time went time. by so fast, <laughs> yeah. right? So that's kind of what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. You know, you, if you're looking at making this really crucial, important personal decision for you and your family, think about the long-term benefits. You've just gone through 12 if you think about it, you've already made the critical decision. You're a careerist at this point. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be, even though you might not see it in the moment, you're going to be better off at the end of 20. There's no doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so before we close out, is there anything else that we haven't discussed? or? Well, l- let's ask PFC Cato um, a question. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're in your first tour. So what are some important issues for you as a PFC in your first tour Um, what are things that matter to you well i was gonna ask if you wanted to touch a little bit more on the uh, networking aspect of things sergeant Mm -hmm. major only because i was sitting in the uh what y'all call it the road the road road show the road show i was sitting (laughs) in uh in one of the locations for the tour dates uh this past (laughs) weekend at drill so i wanted to ask about the networking aspect because i know you guys mentioned um mentorship Mm-hmm. And that seemed yep. to gain a lot of traction during that meeting. So each unit you're going to report to and be part of a team and part of a squad. And right off the bat, you're going to have an, a network with that team leader, that E5 or E6 that's responsible for your team. So that's the formal side of it. But there are other ways to gain skills, knowledge, and experience. And one of the ways is getting a mentor. So when we talked, when General Jenkins and I and uh, Command Chief Caldwell, the CSL, the Command Senior Enlisted Leader for General McCarty, all three of us were there, and we discussed the importance of mentorship and networking. 
but there are ways that you can make yourself better, that you can become a subject matter expert for your particular job. And one of the ways is mentorship. So there were a handful of soldiers that asked to uh, be linked together with a mentor. And I've made a few calls to start building those relationships, but it's to make those soldiers stronger, better, smarter, faster, uh, better in their particular jobs, MOSs, or even in their civilian careers. So going back to the networking piece of that, you know, we have, we had one soldier at the road show that we just did that was interested in politics. Well, we have some soldiers, some officers that are very closely connected to politics within South Carolina. I know when you wear the uniform, you're supposed to be apolitical, and that's absolutely true. But when they put their civilian clothes on and they exercise their rights uh, to follow a particular party, uh, they gain uh, exposure. So for a young soldier that wants to uh, look at a career in politics, we do have so, some officers and some soldiers that can offer some mentorship. Um, I can even use an example. One of our state representatives is a retired command sergeant major, Doug Gillum, and he's working at the state house right now. So that would be another opportunity, another value of our network to make those connections. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you would like to add that maybe we haven't talked about before we close out, Sergeant Major? Just how proud I am of our units and our soldiers. You go out and you look at how hard everybody is working uh, this upcoming year. There's going to be a lot of deployments. So I just, I can't tell you enough. Thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for being willing to put on our uniform and taking care of our state and our nation. So from me, it's a sense of gratitude. Thank you to everybody out there. Absolutely. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule to come talk with us, Sergeant Major. Cool. <laughs> and hopefully we'll have you on again soon after the new year and talk about all this stuff and see where we're at maybe yeah. in a couple months with these programs that you all are um, implementing. Yep. But um, again, thank you. Yep. If you like this video, make sure you give it a big thumbs up. If you haven't subscribed to our channel, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Yeah, and hit that link. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we will catch you guys in the next episode.